Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. Today's episode is going to be a reflective episode and a very personal one, so I hope that you just sit back and relax, and we will just jump right into the episode. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I'm actually recording this on the same day that I've recorded another episode just because I'm trying to record some episodes before I go to Miami for holiday and see family. And I just felt really called and just really motivated to, I don't know, I just, I felt a push or something and just felt the need to make this episode. And I think that I've done episodes like this similar to this before but I've not done an episode like this in a while. And I think just kind of, I'm, you know, I'm recording this before I go to Miami. And I think just even going back to Miami, I haven't been back in nearly three years. The last time I was there, I was a very different person. I go there sometimes because my dad's side of the family lives there and my grandma moved there in the last like five years. And so it wasn't always somewhere that I went frequently, but a place that I went a few years ago. And lately I have just been reflecting on who I was then versus who I am now. Two very different people and there are lots of factors that go into this including drinking, like binge drinking and, you know, dating and being ghosted and toxic friends. And there were just a lot of things that I was very blindsided by that I used to kind of help cope with these things. And I was a very different person back then because I didn't run like I do now. And I didn't run for the same reasons that I do now. And I think I was kind of just reflecting on that. And obviously everyone has their own reasons that they run. You know, you could run because it's good for your head just to kind of get out for your mental health and just kind of clear your head. At the time, a few years ago, I was using it to kind of work through some feelings of being ghosted and just feeling really heartbroken, feeling, you know, just not loved. And I think for so long, I I tried to look for my sense and my self-worth in other people. And it took me a long time to work to find it in myself. And What really did it for me was the year 2020. I basically went home to the States from London and just really had some time to think and just kind of be alone with myself. I know that, and I'm sure that a lot of people had the same kind of feeling, but I had a really hard time being alone and by myself. And I think for a long time, I was always wanting to be social and I was very outgoing, not to say that I'm not now, but I think that there are different definitions of outgoing. And the girl that I was a few years ago was using social activities to knowing that she would be able to have alcohol and knowing she would be able to escape her inner traumas and the inner issues that she wasn't facing. And at the time I was going through so much just, and I think I just felt like I couldn't handle it and I wasn't going to therapy and I, I genuinely was just kind of using alcohol as like this crutch. And then when I didn't have alcohol, you know, during the day, because I luckily I didn't, you know, take it that far as to be like drinking and like day drinking. But I think running almost kind of became that other sort of 
method of coping. And I think to this day, I still see different circumstances where I use running as like a coping mechanism. And for the most part, it's been like in a healthy way. But I think back then, that's all I really used it for. And I've spoken about this story of like how I got into distance running and it all sort of stemming from heartbreak. And I think you know, if you're listening to this and you're going through heartbreak, you know, I think it's so, so hard in those situations, especially when it's a situation where it's not your fault, where you don't know what happened or where it went wrong. And if you're someone like me who's super empathetic and super caring for other people, you take situations like that quite harshly. And I think a lot of that I then put on myself and it turned into whether it was miles ran or whether it was drinks drinking at nights out. I think it was just a really unhealthy part of my life. And this girl who was in Miami almost three years ago was so different and just, I I feel like I wouldn't even recognize her if I met her. And I think 2020 was really when I took the time to sit with myself and sit in that uncomfortableness and really get to know myself. Because for so long, I always would put people first and I always put people people on a pedestal, especially romantic relationships, and I never took care of myself. I think I always thought that I was living this healthy lifestyle, but I would always go on these nights out. I would be drinking so much, and then obviously that leads to like late night food and stuff, and you know, I think with that stuff, if it's done in moderation, you know, you can you can come to a point of like balance, but I think for me, just coming from, you know, being in a sorority in college, I learned pretty quickly and it wasn't until 2020 that I can't really have I can't live that lifestyle without you know being able to limit myself and I think it took me a long time to actually see that as like a problem because I think for so long I strived so hard for people to like me that I would just you know try and do the most shots or drink the most drinks and show off to everyone that I was a tank of a drinker and in reality I didn't want to drink I didn't want to take that 15th shot and I I did it just all for people to like me and in the end I, you know, whenever I looked in the mirror at myself, I didn't like myself. And I remember going through phases of like trying to lose weight and trying to lose like, you know, the beer gut. And like, I just, I wasn't happy with my body for a very long time. And I think that a lot of body dysmorphia kind of tendencies also kind of dove into that from like my eating disorder days. And as much as I didn't, you know, go back to my anorexia days, luckily I almost kind of, I think, did it like had a disordered kind of relationship with food as well as drinking in like a a different way that I've spoken about on here before with a guest. And I think there was so much of me that centered my life around drinking and being social and trying to make my look myself look the best and the most presentable. And, you know, by the end of 20, by the end of 2019, you know, I was, I went to visit family in Miami, but I, I just, I felt so lost and I felt so confused as to who I was. And then I had a very chaotic two months following in London before I had to leave because my student visa was going to expire and I unfortunately couldn't find a job at that time to sponsor me. So I went home in 2020 and I, I, I still did the drinking initially and I still, you know, looked for opportunities to do virtual happy hours and that sort of thing. 
But it got to a point where I noticed some friends that, you know, started to go sober and, you know, I started to hear the term sober curious and I looked at it as an opportunity just to sort of feel better because, you know, I, with drinking, you, you know, have these nights drinking or you have however many drinks and I, you know, almost never do I wake up the next day feeling good. I always feel pretty bad. And for me, I just think that it was an opportunity for me to just try something because we were in lockdown and, you know, there you couldn't really go out to have drinks with friends anyways. And so I figured I'm just going to stop drinking. You know, what are the, what's, what's, a, what's a mocktail? I'll try that. And it was the first time that I had to actually face all of the inner stuff. And by inner stuff, I mean like all of the inner, you know, issues that I had over the past few years, inner traumas that I wasn't facing, and all these things that I was really good at just shoving down. So like, I think an sort of an imagery that I love is the idea of, you know, someone shoving a ball down into a body of water. And the further and further that you shove it down, you know, at at some point it's going to come back up and hit you in the face. And the more you push it down, the harder it's going to hit you. And it genuinely felt like I got hit in the face so hard because it was such a slap in the face for me to A, see that some of the people that I was surrounding myself with weren't actually all that genuine, weren't actually, you know, supportive of me, weren't actually wanting the best for me. And that was really hard because at the time, those were like my go-to people that I would go to for everything, that I would go to for advice and that I cared so much of their opinion. And, you know, it also made me realize that these, these people that I was chasing, whether it be friendship or romantic relationships, that they weren't actually ever interested. And I think that that has to be one of the hardest things. And I, I've i always struggled with projection, but I think especially with romantic projection, that's pretty hard. You know, I can deal with academic reduc- rejection, you know, when you're getting rejected from colleges you're applying to, or you, you know, get rejected from a major you're applying to. It's tough, but I've always found that romantic rejections are much harder. And I think for so long I was, you know, drinking all the time and I was so busy with my, with, I tried to busy myself and was just so busy with life that I got to a point where I was just painting this picture in my head that, you know, there was still a chance and that I had a chance. And I think it, you know, it doesn't help that these, these situations sort of happened in situations where I was drunk and situations where I couldn't really, you know, put two and two together in my head. And so I think 2020 was the first time that I, you know, actually looked in the mirror and said that I couldn't recognize who I am. And not even just that, I I felt like I didn't really know who I was. And, you know, coming home, especially to my parents' home after two years away at grad school in London, it felt so just different to me. And I knew that I wasn't the same girl that had just graduated college. But at the same time, it kind of felt like I was in that same situation. And very similarly, after my undergrad, 
you know, coming into the master's straight away kind of felt like a way for me to escape life's responsibilities and still live that carefree life that you can as a student. And I know that not everyone has the luxury of it, but I think more in the sense of, you know, not having those built nine to five hours, but just having classes and being in a setting where you're forced to meet new people for new classes and, you know, lots of social events getting pushed. I think, I was almost trying to like continue that college experience with this master's and, you know, in a non-joking way, the master's has, you know, greatly helped me with my career journey and like where I am now. But I think in the grand scheme of things, if I was truly honest, I think that I was just looking for more of an excuse to run away from being an adult, run away from the real responsibilities of life and just you know, keep riding this wave of being a student and drinking whatever I wanted and having nights out and being able to roll out of bed and into class the next day. And it just wasn't healthy. And it took me a long time to realize this because I think that this is something that is not talked about enough. I can't recall a time in college or my master's degree where anyone, someone just said, you know, how about we just don't drink tonight? That was just never really like a thought that crossed my mind, anything that I did with friends or just even having like nights in with myself. I used to have a glass of wine when I was, you know, back at my dorm or my flat just studying. And it almost felt like it was like, I, you know, I don't know. It just felt like I was trying to like justify why I was drinking so much sometimes. And not that anyone else was asking or like pressuring me, but I think more so just for myself of, you know, going out night after night or, you know, just feeling hungover all the time. And so I think that when I'm looking back on this, you know, two, three years later, it's very, very odd to me because, and it's just very also like, I don't know, just really nice in the same sense because I I have like, you know, these playlists and these songs and these different pieces of like memories that you know, really truly transport me like back to certain moments a few years ago. And I think especially now that I'm not drinking, like my memory is sharp and it's so much better. But now I have all these different experiences now that I don't drink where I feel like I get transported back to certain moments, you know, a few years ago where I was really actually super depressed. And, you know, whether I was running in the rain and I was listening to a really sad song or I was at a night out and, you know, I was pretending like I was having fun, but I wasn't actually because I was really hurt inside and I was really battling something. And I think it's really interesting to kind of reflect on this kind, these kind of reflections and, you know, these sort of almost like flashbacks that I'm having because I think that in order to kind of take the next step in your life, no matter wherever you are, you have to get to know yourself. You have to spend time with yourself, be alone with yourself. And I think until then, you can't really like go out. I mean, you can, but I feel like to really make an impact and make a difference in the outside world with your colleagues, with your you know friends and your flatmates, I feel like you really have to get to know yourself, know what your boundaries are, know what your, you know, limits are on social events and just being able to know and like being able to prioritize what you actually want makes for a much happier life because at the end of the day, it's not worrying about that friend or worrying about that boy. You're just worrying about you and you're just thinking about, you know, how am I going to, you know, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? How am I going to fuel myself? And 
you know, going home and journaling. That's something that I've rediscovered and kind of started doing again because my therapist has kind of recommended it. And it's been really nice to put pen to paper again because I haven't done that for such a long time. And I never really tried to find the time. And so I think today I've just kind of had a moment where I just kind of reflected on where I am now and how different that is to where I was a few years ago, how grateful I am to have met Jack. And I can get emotional just talking about that because for so long, when I was in that mindset of just like constantly partying and drinking and going to all these social events, it was all because I was running from this fear that I was going to be forever single and that I was never going to find someone. And, you know, I always thought, you know, they're not, no one's ever going to like this or XYZ about me. And Jack is something like, you know, out of not even fairy tales, but just like out of my wildest dreams because the way that we connect and the way that we click is like no other. And the way that he just gets me is like no other. And he ticked so many boxes, like long, more than the list that I had. And, you know, went into the list of like, you know, I don't ever think anyone's going to have these sort of um, things. And so I think, you know, there are so many different like parts of your life. You know, you have these different categories of your life, like your social, your family, your romantic, your career, your school. And I think the minute that you start prioritizing yourself and giving that love back to yourself that you were so busy trying to give to others that may have not been deserving of your love, I think that's that's truly when you can start sort of almost like, you know, pouring into these different categories of your life. And so, for example, you know, A, Jack, but B, I feel like with my career, you know, I shared in a recent episode that I got a new job offer and I truly feel like I'm taking steps in my career and I've gotten these opportunities in my career that I never got a few years ago. I struggled so hard to find jobs that would sponsor me, you know, being an American in the UK. And I just think that so many other things sort of fall into place like a domino effect the minute that you start prioritizing yourself, prioritizing your health, prioritizing, you know, everything about you. So this was kind of a rambly episode, but I just felt really called to share about it and share my thoughts and feelings and reflections. But I hope you found some peace with this or you found something that you could take from this episode. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, the first link in my show notes is for my fundraiser with Alzheimer's Society. So I'd love if you check it out and to consider donating. But otherwise, I will just see you in the next episode. Bye.